Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make him better, stronger, the first bionic man. I love it. This is Pamela Kuhn and Matt Mickelson. And the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. Believe it or not, we are here for part two of our show on our favorite television series. We didn't have enough with the first one, did we, Matt? Part two? Part two. <laughs> That's kind of a movie thing, isn't it? Part two. <laughs> In a world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh where duh means two. So, ladies um, and gentlemen, you didn't have enough of us the, the, on the first uh, time around. We, we didn't have time to even scratch the surface of our favorite television series. I mean, really. We didn't get to the part where what shows matter now. Oh, I know. You well, know. we kind of touched on it. We did I mean, a little bit. We did get to the Friends thing, and and we did speak about the Sopranos, you know, with with our lead in music there that was so deftly done by Bob Small. We love that. Um, so yeah. So where are we going to pick up? I mean, I I remember, I remember reflecting back. It was Buffy and the Vampire Slayer. I was kind of leaving with, which is still to this day one of my favorite shows, and I know favorite of many millennials. Yeah. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, they love it. They dig the Buffy um, character. Um, you know, we were talking about the the um, Linda Carter in our first show. And hey, what about the bionic woman? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, my, well, like I said, when I was four, and, and I think 1974, 1975, pre-Star Wars, um, the bionic man was was all I needed, and uh, you know Lee Majors, you know was was the guy, and and that was my favorite show. I had the doll, the spaceship. I had a couple of the bad I guys. I had his this. boss. I just can't you know, believe and, this. And um, and and uh, and also um, reading the uh, the my mom got me the box set for Christmas a couple of years ago. So Wait and a I, minute, a couple of years ago. Yeah, like like what? two years ago when you were. 30? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, when I was 30. Um, and uh, But, but I mean, I didn't think this still existed, so I, I was ecstatic to get that. I, I haven't really hunkered That's down and fantastic. sat down to watch it yet, but um, but uh, maybe if, if the family's out of town for a while, I'll get into it, or maybe <laughs> I can show the moment. kids. I don't know. I don't You'll know. be in heaven. Matt, didn't you tell us that you actually took the characters into church? Yeah, I, I I lost like five Steve Austin dolls, uh, you know, because when my parents would uh, go to church, I was raised Catholic, and um, the services weren't too exciting for me to hold my attention. But uh, I would lose constantly Steve Austin dolls in his little red jumpsuit, and uh, my it used to make my parents angry that you know, because I mean, I'm sure this thing wasn't cheap, but when I kept losing them, like a you know, a 13-year-old with cell phones, um, you know, it became an expensive proposition. At one point, I, I just didn't get another one. So You must have been gutted at the time if this meant time. so much to you. At my gosh. Time. Well, I think then Star Wars came out, so I got over it pretty quick. You got over it with Stormtroopers, <laughs> Wookiees, exactly. and Luke Skywalker all the way. So, ladies and gentlemen, in case you missed our first episode, we are talking about the television series that means something to us. And Matt Mickelson is my guest, my, my film director buddy and actor and cameraman. He is so conversant in so many things in the visual arts. And and so he had to be the guy for this show. So here we are in part two. Now, Matt, let's pick up where you left off. Let's, um, we talked about the Bionic Man. We talked about Wonder Woman. 
and um, <clears throat> the Dukes of Hazard. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we want, <laughs> might want to forget that. Yeah, let's move on. Move on. Let's see what the Duke boys are up to. <laughs> What else is in there? That little list of bag of tricks, please. Oh, uh, are we going back to the old shows again? Sure. Okay. There, well, there was there was the quintessential, um, you know, uh, Shakespearean airwolf uh, about a, a, a rogue helicopter pilot and his uh, plucky helper, uh, Ernest Borgnine. And uh, with, uh, oh, God, what was that guy's name? Um, he, he's since passed away, the, the lead character in it. He was... No, not right. Oh, actually, actually, that came on the heels of uh, Roy Scheider's movie. Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder. Mm Because, you know, when like a movie comes out and it's really popular, there'll be 10 TV shows about the same darn thing because they're trying to ride on the heels of that. Just like after Indiana Jones, there was Tales of the Brass Monkey, the Golden Monkey. Tales of the Gold Monkey, one of my favorite shows of all time, which went bye-bye very quickly. Well, they ran out of ideas. But it was so (laughs) They ran out of MacGuffins. Yeah. I think they used the McHale's Navy kind of set, you know? Oh, really? <laughs> or the, the Gilligan's Island set. Yeah. <laughs> Either one, they're both the same. <laughs> Professor. Yeah. Um but 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 in the, and also the uh, the guy from Shogun, he had a whole movie franchise, uh B movies. Uh what was his name? Kane McCain and the Oh, the Kung Fu guy. No, not no? the Kung Fu guy. Oh, the, David Carradine. No, not David Carradine. <laughs> the guy who starred in the, the miniseries Shogun. And um, look this up. And and then he uh he was this adventurer like Indiana Jones, but they they were just done poorly or or didn't have any original ideas and That's... and but they did like three or four of them because I guess they made a couple of bucks <laughs> and it that justified making a new one. Um, we're not talking. Huh. We're not talking about Toshiro Mifune. I'm going to no. wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and, and remember this okay. guy's name. Moving on. <laughs> well, he was in the the movie that was called That's right. Shogun. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> he did American TV. Uh, Airwolf was a really cool show, and and of course, um, Jan Michael Vincent. Wasn't Jan it? Michael Vincent playing his cello. Yes, out on his little boardwalk in the middle of nowhere. Exactly, because exactly. he because he so... had to live in a cabin and be by himself, and then fly helicopter missions once in a while. And he looked so <laughs> cool, and he was so elitist at the same time. He was. Yeah, there was something really elite about that show. Plus, he was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And 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 plus his his nemesis was this bad guy named Moffat, which is a great bad guy name. Um and he always had to go to Chad like in the <laughs> desert, you know, to go get this guy or fly his helicopter across the planet, I know. you know, that it, that it, went 1000 miles an hour. It or couldn't be like Dubai that. or, you know, the outback of Australia, it had to be Chad. It had to be Chad going after Commander Muffet. Um, And also, you know, the helicopter apparently went a billion miles an hour, but it it was just kind of funny how they would just speed up the film. And you could tell, Mm -hmm. but your average viewer probably didn't care, couldn't tell that that how hokey it looked. Um, So what was it about (laughs) Airwolf that really got to you? Well, I mean, well, coming off the heels of Blue Thunder, um, I was really into helicopters and and my dad, who is a homicide detective, one of his side gigs was doing the traffic report. And he knew uh, a guy who owned a helicopter company in Rochester, New York. And um, I got to go up with him once in a while. Wow. And uh, 
I, I'm sure it's illegal now, but, uh, <laughs> and, Probably. and, you know, do the traffic report and, you know, get to hold the stick and, oh my you know, God. And, and, um, and plus they did air shows and stuff like that. And I would get to fly in helicopters a lot. So I was all big on helicopters. Okay. You know. So that's the connection. Yeah. Maybe that was it then. <laughs> it wasn't just the cello and, you know, echoing off the water there. No, I, I forgot about that part. You brought that up. You know. <laughs> That's what the girls remember. I've just done my own little research here. It's sure. Richard Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain. He, yes. he was the king of the miniseries yeah. for years yeah. and years and years. You know, I rode in an elevator once with him. Really? At the Peninsula Hotel in New York City. Yeah, he, he lives there. I don't know if he still does. Oh, really? But I remember getting in the elevator thinking, oh, my God, it's Richard Chamberlain. I just want to talk about, you know, anything you've done. And, oh, God, he was gorgeous. Was, yeah. he, was he nice? He didn't speak to me. I oh. was gutted. Totally That's gutted. no fun. No, it was no fun at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wanted to be noticed. Anyway. <laughs> okay, well, I enjoyed Airwolf, too. And I loved Jan Michael Vincent. I, I thought he was really, really great. For for me, any show that has Ernest Borgnine is always a winner. Sure. What what one of the great actors of Hollywood. I mean, he personified that that the big rough guy but with a good guy heart. Yeah. Yeah. And that that I adored. I mean, everything he did. And you remember Mikhail's Navy? I mean, uh, slightly, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That, oh, no, that, that aired young. when I was younger. You know, well, they rehashed. Uh, I mean, when I was growing up, you know, all my uncles and grandfathers and everybody complained about World War II, and everything was about World War II. It was Hogan's mm-hmm. Heroes. It was Wonder Woman fighting Hitler. It was uh, uh, Baba Black Sheep. It was all these World War II centered shows because Nazis are really easy bad guys. Just ask Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I didn't know it wasn't World War II <laughs> until a few years later when I was, you know, old enough to understand things and old enough to understand that that uh, the Rolling Stones song got to roll me is it wasn't macaroni because um, I could have sworn they were saying macaroni till I was like 15. But uh, um, <laughs> so so I had a very weird perception of what reality was at okay. the time. So okay. right. so uh, I, I forgot what your question was. <laughs> It's all right. At this point, we don't mind. We're just rolling along. Steer the, the ship, would, would you? Say. Okay. All right. What else have you got on that list? Are we stalk- still talking about old stuff? You just go for it. Dear. Oh, okay. Well, well. I mean, gosh, there's so much. There's a lot of little good tidbits. I mean, there there were so many uh, uh, sitcoms that were pivotal too. I mean, there's shows. Mm-hmm. You know, that are hour-long shows that are stories that you evolve with. But then there's there's the sitcoms like Cheers, like Taxi. And the quintessential yep. probably being the one that stuck the most is Friends. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, my like I said, my 13-year-old it, it has watched all 10 seasons like five times over. It's, it's her comfort food now. It's mm-hmm. her background noise. Um, that says a lot about her and her taste, her good taste. Thanks, oh, my kids got great Dad. taste, yeah. They really do. Yeah. Well, except for the Twilight movies. I mean. Oh, I didn't push that on them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they discovered that on their own. And they they, they understand uh, why I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. But they understand why they like it. And they understand that they're being pandered to also. So they embrace mm-hmm. the cheese, mm-hmm. um, if you will. And that's okay. Yeah. That's cool. Sometimes if you like the cheese, just know it's cheese. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You can like the cheese. It's okay. But just be 
be you know aware they're, they're that you're being pandered to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my husband will also attest to the fact that I am a Twilight junkie. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, oh, my Lord. I could go on forever, but I won't. I okay. love you. I love you more. <laughs> I love you so much. Your heads. I can't control myself around you. <laughs> Please change me. Go ahead. Take my soul. I don't care about my soul. I yeah. want to be sparkly just like you. <laughs> Um, Okay, I've got to bring up a series that I think was really important for all of us, and especially my age, and that is The Wonder Years. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. I didn't even think of that one. So adorable, Danica McKellar as little Winnie, his little girlfriend. And wasn't this great? Because it was a coming-of-age comedy drama. It was a feel-good show it was wonderful and it was really at that time it was wonderful. in our That's existence right. yeah. it was bef- <laughs> like before the vietnam war and all yeah. the cynicism had set in it was really it really was the wonder years well it was quintessential growing up in the mid 60s mm-hmm. you know and not being aware of all the stuff that's going on in the world and kind of having it thrust on you like his older sister was getting into the vietnam stuff and he was hearing about that mm-hmm. um and then you know uh dealing with these you know, feelings were, you know what, what is kind of funny, um, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. In case you've seen it, they they lift from every 1980s show and movie they possibly can. And they admit that they, they do that this they lift point and, blank. And it's okay. Um, and it's mm-hmm. okay. And they totally lift uh, from the Wonder Years. There's the whole thing in the new season where all the boys are starting to like girls and they're ignoring each other. And uh, kind of becoming jerks because they want to hang out with the girl and the other guys are kind of jealous that their friend isn't around anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that they were going through in the Wonder Years. But also, um, you know, as far as copying things, they even dressed one of the characters exactly as one of the characters in E.T. with the brown vest and the orange hat riding the BMX Bicycle. Bicycle, yeah. Um, they, they didn't they, – they copied the outfit. They didn't even change it. But only peop, certain people will pick up on that. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And a, they're not just stealing from stuff like Star Wars or anything Spielbergy. But if you grew up then, it was all the other stuff surrounding it. Um, and they, they, they pepper that stuff in there. That's why so many people are drawn into the show because if you're over 40, there's, there's something in there for you and you're going to want your kids to watch it. That's so right. they get the double whammy. The double you know, whammy is as far always as good. Uh, uh, attracting an audience. I love the double whammy. And did you ever watch this unique series that I discovered when I was in uh, living in London called Dream On? Martin Tupper, and on HBO, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Made by the same team that would go on to make friends my dear oh really okay and i loved it because it really really (laughs) describes how you and i grew up like it was all this visual you know um television world and here's martin tupper living out these ridiculous adventures you know a divorce his son is living with him he's trying to date these women he's living out all his fantasies through snippets of things he's seen on television or in old black and white movies yeah and i thought it was so clever because we all kind of live in that existence yeah well i mean if you if you watch Friends, they're always referencing like 1950s, 60s, and 70s TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they grew up, you know, those characters, quote unquote, grew up in the late 60s and early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they reference all this old stuff that if you're watching it now, in, in, if you're, say, 15, 20 years old, you won't get any of the jokes. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 so I have to tell my kids what, you know, what, what they're talking about. Um, and then if I could find it, I'll show them, you know, if they're talking about Mikhail's Navy or something like that, or mm-hmm. Ernest Borgnine. Um, and so, you know, just, just being able to reach back and, and, um, you know, bring up those kinds of things is, is kind of neat. It er- is. You know? Earlier, it's you uh, cool. kind of put Taxi in with Friends as a sitcom. Well, Taxi Cheers Friends. Well, they're not anywhere near the same because but Taxi that, that was Taxi the was from 1978 through 82 was yeah. on the air. Friends didn't start until 94. Right a exactly. Lot later. exactly. So it's a people that love Taxi might have been the same people that love Friends. I don't know if you can say Friends was better there, than there Taxi. Could, oh, I didn't say anything was better than. All right. Um, but uh, but but just these half hour shows that people, you know, it became a part of their uh, their psyche. Yeah. You know, like like mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. Uh, I love Saturday Night Live because it's it's always a tome of our time. You know, they're talking about current things, but you know these skits. You yeah. carry these skits with you, mm. depending what age bracket you're in. You know, oh, uh, like Landshark. You know, Landshark. You know, <laughs> I mean, no one, no one under thirty-five is going to understand what Landshark is unless they've watched old Saturday Night Live. But the magic of Saturday Night Live, and I'm, I've never like uh, uh, gone to a show or anything, um, but I just always seem to gravitate towards that. That rem- reminds me of that time in my life and what was being experienced and what movies came out of that. And now. Mm, um, all those actors that were, you know, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, they they were all on movies. But now all those ex Saturday Night Livers from the late two thousands or the um, the two thousand eight, nine, ten, uh, they are all doing TV shows. They're all Netflix, Amazon, uh, Hulu, you know, Parks and Rec, true. and yeah. uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. You know, it's all Saturday Night Live guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Cheers and Frasier really are, like, together. I mean, the spinoff Frasier out of Cheers. I mean, yeah, I and, think they were all happening at the same time or, I mean. Well, in a similar kind of vein, yeah. you know. And we get the same wow factor out of all of them. What what I, I love about Cheers and Frasier, and that's definitely on my list, yeah. is the fact that all the characters are so carefully crafted. And who couldn't like root for norm and cliff yeah. in in you know in the bar i mean yeah. it was ridiculous and apparently the john ratzenberger character of cliff the the mailman he was actually auditioning for the part of norm and he didn't oh, get really? it on the way out he said hey don't you need a guy who's like a know-it-all and they wrote him into it uh, and a lot of the facts that he, the fa- a lot of the facts that he'd bring up he kind of ju- it was spontaneous off the yeah. top of his head which makes it even funnier and when you consider that when they lost Coach, who was so fantastic, yeah. and they replaced him with a young Woody Harrelson. Who knew? Wow. I mean, yeah. really. But uh, spawning Frasier, and then uh, I think Frasier is maybe one of my go-to all-time shows. I mean, I can watch reruns of Frasier and still laugh out loud. It's it's just, to me, the the whole pairing of the, the two brothers and the father and the whole Seattle you know, and the coffee thing. At this point, it's very hard to watch Woody Harrelson and not think of somebody who's a little on the dumb side. Yeah, and no matter what yeah, character yeah, yeah. he's playing, yeah, yeah, and and many times he's playing a very smart person, but he was so cleverly dumb, yes, all the time, yeah, and that's what made that really work in Cheers. Yeah. I just just loved it. Oh my! And gosh. also back then, you if if you remember, if they had a season finale or something like mm-hmm. that, everybody in the country was in the world watching it. 
in, 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 the, in the world, world I guess. Yeah. Um, there wasn't right. just, oh, hey, did you see that uh, you know show on Netflix? It's like, no. <laughs> it was an event. Friday night. <laughs> you better be home at 9 o'clock. It was a huge event. if you're not, you're going to miss it, man. And, um, and then there's that morning when it's over. Yeah. It's like the Game of Thrones things that we've just experienced. I mean, intense morning. What will we do? We have been lifted by these characters. We've been living in that world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we were literally living in that bar with all the Cheers characters all the time. Yeah. Because it was friendly, it was family, it was camaraderie. And we needed that. We need that now. You know, I watched the last of the uh, Star Trek Voyager series <laughs> episode, and they really got a chance to make a last episode and made a lot of strange prog- ideas about what was coming up, you Ooh. know, in the future, their future. Uh, it was a very unusual episode. and. Wow. Uh, that was unusual that anybody in that group got a chance to do yeah, that. To Many do times that. the show was to gone finish. before they had a chance to do it in yeah. the last episode. Well, they got to do it for Voyager. And I, that was a special experience to watch that, that you didn't share with a lot of other people because not everybody watched Star Trek. Exactly. Was, exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. And that show ran for like 10 years or something, didn't it? The Voyager with Kate one. Mulru, I think is her name. Yeah, the, that's right. I don't know if it ran that long, but it did run for quite a while. Yeah. Kate yeah, Mulru, yeah. our little yeah. uh, um, Catherine Hepburn sound yeah. alike. Yeah, I loved her. <laughs> oh, I loved Howard, her. Howard, let's yeah. go flying. <laughs> Now, let's talk about today. My I mean, daughter has been imitating Catherine Hepburn a lot because she loves the movie The kidding. Aviator. Uh, my, oh, my, yeah. My oldest is becoming quite the film buff. Uh, she did a dissertation on Fight Club and just all this smarty Fight pants Club. stuff. Yeah. She loves Fight Club. Just And she did a whole uh, paper on like four or five 1999 movies that all had the same theme as Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about how... Uh, masculinity or men were losing their identity and stuff like that. They had no great war, no great depression. Um, their uh, their war was wow. a spiritual war. Their depression was their lives. And this is before, you know, 9-11 and all that kind of stuff got, uh, you know, uh, rustled up. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden we're, we're at war again. But it was at this time where you had this whole generation of men raised by single women and they didn't really have a father figure or direction right. or right. anything. So where was the, the strength? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they had nowhere to exert their masculinity. Or, or anything. They were just pushing papers around, wondering what the heck they're going to do with the rest of their lives. Once, once again, I will say, you have brought your daughters up well, Matt Mickelson. Oh, I'm so thrilled about that. Well, they're wicked smart, so I'm pretty proud of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so what about today's Today. TV series? Um, well, I got to tell you, um, I, I believe we were talking about the, uh, the whole of um, – reality TV we had for about 15 years and how that had caused a lot of the writers to leave the networks, not not by choice, mm-hmm. and uh, how they all went to cable and then Netflix and Amazon came along and gave them basically carte blanche, you know, all the same people, you know, mm-hmm. mind you, with some new ones peppered in there. But uh, all those writers that were floating out there are now showrunners, and, and they're putting out extremely wonderful stories, and there's a glut of good stuff. We're almost we're swimming in really, really good entertainment right now. That's right. And uh, the people who were hooked on reality just because it's all that was out there, which is not actual reality. It's all, it's all made up. Um, but now you're being uh, just... You know, you're knee deep in all these wonderful stories like Game of Thrones, like 
you know, the the predecessor was Sopranos, and now you got shows like Mindhunter. Uh, yeah, tell me, I haven't watched oh, this. I love yet. it. Um, it's it's it was uh, produced and first directed by David Fincher, Mister Fight Club. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, his stuff is very dark. It's very moody, but it's just so good, and you just cannot take your eyes off the screen. Um, and the acting is always top notch. And and that show is about uh, something that I'm kind of familiar with. Um, and it was about when the FBI decided to start talking to uh, mass murderers or people that were killing multiple people because they didn't have a name for it yet, mm-hmm. what we now call a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically, you know, because the FBI was just after the James Cagneys of the world and the the uh, Derringers mm-hmm. of the world because they thought everyone was just a mobster that wanted money and that's why they killed people. Mm-hmm. That was it. Um, but. After seeing all these multiple murders all over the country, they they wanted to start getting into these guys' heads so they could maybe catch these guys and see the signs before it gets out of hand. So yeah. they could they could you know stop people from getting murdered. Um, and uh, so they went around interviewing all these uh, you know everyone from Manson who never actually killed anybody, but um, to Kemper to all these people who. Wow. Killed a whole lot of people and buried them in their backyard, all that kind of stuff. And they had to get into their heads. And a lot of the suits at, at the FBI didn't want to do it because they just thought they're all scum, threw away the key. What do they got to say? Right. And the guy who was starting it was like, no, are you kidding me? This this is, uh, this is a Trevor Trove. And I, my dad was a homicide detective, and I remember him telling me about this because they were – the FBI used to come to him saying, can you talk to this suspect because we don't know how to talk to this Mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. And my dad was very well-versed. He had a great mentor um, on how to talk to suspects, you know, being Mm -hmm. their buddy and getting into their head and being their friend and then gaining their trust. And they'll tell you whatever you like because they want to talk. It's like, you know, Catholics confessional. Because to them, it's this world and it's their art form, I suppose. Yes, yes. And in that... We're we're getting into like the Hannibal Lecter kind of uh, forum. Yes, 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 yes. And these interviews in the show are like 15 minutes long. Um, and, and But that came on the heels of, of, remember, the really good writing came from also Mad Men. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, who was the guy from The Sopranos mm-hmm. and who thought people wanted to watch a bunch of ad execs sit around and complain. And apparently and we did. That's where it's at. And we <laughs> wanted to watch the style and yeah. we wanted to see, see women's roles, interestingly enough, again, I mean, dumbed down to the point of being ridiculous, but then rising. And it's, it's a fantastic show. I mean, it'll go down in history. We haven't even talked about Downton Abbey Don't, yet. Yeah. I mean, really mad. Oh, how many shows do we need? Like 10 uh, of these to get on I, with I this? I guess, I we guess. We can't get through our list. We got to, well, like I said, there's a glut of good stuff. I still haven't even talked about the wonderful world of Disney, you know, which to me, I mean, helped shape me as an artist with imagination. It's just. Oh. Or what about when Spielberg was working with Disney making those That's right. episodics? What those was that little, called? Oh, gosh. Um, We'll the little fifteen-minute movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were amazing. Yeah. Actually, oh my gosh, oh the level the level of TV is so wondrous out there, and I'm glad we're we're sitting here being able to talk about it like we are. We're going to have to do this I've again. Too much television. <laughs> <laughs> You've watched enough. This is the Bionic Man, Matt Mickelson, ladies and gentlemen, sitting by me. This has been so much fun, Matt. Well, we will do it again. And, um, hey, this is Pamela Kuhn. Keep watching television and going to the movies, folks. And the curtain is now down on Center Stage. <laughs>